Well, today we are so excited to have Luis Contreras with us, and his mother Lupita has joined us as well. We're so happy she's here. So we are excited, Luis, to come, and Lauren introduced him um, in EWG, but you know Luis and Robin and their family have served in Mexico City for many years, and there is a lot to share. So we especially are excited to hear how the Lord is working in light of the recent earthquakes as well. So Luis, thank you for being with us. Please come and share. Great. Good morning, ladies. It's an honor to be with you, and uh, always uh, so encouraging to see all of you and to know that you're praying for all of the missionaries, and we thank the Lord and all of you for your interest, for your support through prayer, your notes, and uh, we, we, we just can't thank the Lord enough and you for, for your kindness. And uh, we uh, have a few minutes today to give you a brief presentation of the ministry in Mexico City. Some of you uh, uh, might not know uh, uh, who we are, for how long we've been there. We've been there for uh, uh, 15 years now, since 2002, in Mexico City. Our primary responsibility is to focus on uh, pastoring a church in the north of the city. Uh, that's where the Lord has uh, blessed us. I'm uh, one of five pastors in the Grace Christian Church. And I've been there for 14 years, 15 teaching at the Word of Grace Biblical Seminary, which uh, is one of the Master's Academy, one of the 18 schools of Master's Academy. This is uh, uh, the rest of the family. And uh, you have there Robin, who looks now more like my daughter, one of the daughters. And uh, uh, in the front, to your left, is Olivia, who's 15. They're wearing their school uniforms. Olivia is 15, and she's in ninth grade. And she's holding her sister, Ana Gabriela, who's 12. She's in seventh grade. And in the back between them, that's her mom, not uh, their sister. Their sister, That's Robin. And uh, uh, right next to Robin is Rodrigo. Uh, he's the middle one. Uh, he's 14, and he's in ninth grade, too. So uh, we're very blessed with the uh, three amigos, we call them. So you can pray for the three amigos. Uh, and I'll give you uh, a couple of uh, stories about them, uh, how the Lord is using them in school. This is for some of you ladies. Uh, you, this might, uh, you might remember some people. This is just to give you a little bit of story of the background of the ministry. This was taken about 20 years ago, 1997. And uh, this is a picture on top of the Pyramid of the Sun in uh, Teotihuacan. there outside of Mexico City. And uh, over here... That's uh, Henry Tolopilo, 20 years ago. You might remember Rick Carbono, right there. This is, uh, believe it or not, Gospidal right there. And uh, that's me when I used to wear a wig. And that's uh, Chris Del Aguila. You might remember Chris Del Aguila, faithful man, and other, other faithful uh, people there. This is, you might remember, Natalie uh, Rehor Ignau used to be a missionary, the wife of John. And so that was 20 years ago. Uh, that's when we, when uh, this conference was, this was a short-term missions team, which was kind of like the breaking ground trip for the seminary to start. And uh, so I thought uh, you might enjoy that. This was also several years ago. Uh, some of you might know Enrique Godoy. He looks like a rock star there, but... He is uh, one of our graduates, and 
one of the professors at the seminary. He pastors the church that hosts the seminary, the building of his church hosts the seminary. And uh, again, here's Henry, who's been instrumental to all of the development. Antonio Ortega, here in the, in the green shirt, uh, he's our dean. He doesn't look as young today, but he's still even more faithful. Graduated from Master's Seminary. Some of you might know Antonio and his wife, Gabby. And uh, moving into the church, right now we're currently building a building for the church. The Lord provided uh, a property through a family of the church. And uh, we, we, uh, we're going very slowly. We have uh, build, been building for about two, uh, two uh, a little over two and a half years. And uh, the way it works out, we save a certain amount of money, and then we use the money once uh, we run out of it, we save again. And uh, the church is, uh, we, we raise the funds through the church primarily. Uh, that way we don't uh, have any debts. People own the, the, uh, the project, the building, the ministry. And uh, you know they're making the effort to do that. So uh, slowly but surely, by the grace of God, that's how far we are in the foundation. It's uh, taken quite a bit of money for that. As you can see, there's a lot of concrete involved. And uh, it's 1,100 square meter, the property. I'm sorry, I cannot remember the conversion to square meters. But uh, to give you an idea, the idea is to, this is the final project designed by an architect in the church, Lord willing. Uh, bottom floor, let's say that the first floor will be parking lot. It's a rectangle. Parking space, first floor, uh, rooms like this. And the top floor would be uh, the auditorium with capacity to for a 1,000 people. That's the idea. And the reason is, uh, obviously, to host the church, but we want to establish here a permanent extension, uh, kind of like a north campus of the seminary. And uh, with us having this size of property, the seminary would uh, save a lot of money uh, because right now for our graduation, let's say, we have to rent uh, uh, a room. Uh, every July we have it at the, one of the Sheraton hotels in the main part of the city. And we do it there because it's centrally located. It's a nice place to encourage the graduates. But it, as you might imagine, it's quite a bit of money to rent a place for 500 people every year and conferences. So this is uh, how it looks, how Lord willing will look like. And this is how the church looks like right now on a Sunday morning. The Lord has been gracious in the midst of, you know, like any church, you know, struggles that keep us humble. Uh, uh, the Lord uh, continues to bring people to to us to hear the word. And uh, since end of March last year, that's Ana Gabriela, our youngest, we've been, uh, we had to open uh, two services, which is a huge blessing for us since uh, late March uh, of this year. So uh, we're, we're just praying and just trying to be faithful there. Uh, because of the lifestyle in Mexico City, uh, meaning uh, the, the traffic, the amount of people, uh, to have a midweek service, it's hard. Plus, we rent this facility only on Sundays. That's it. So we have a great army there of, of uh, brothers and sisters who imagine all that you see there Every morning, they arrive at 7 in the morning to set up all the chairs, equipment. Uh, these are the speakers. They're, they're movable. And uh, they've set up four, six of them. Set up everything, and then they tear down at 2. And they, they pack everything in a room. 
and then they do it again. And I know, I don't want to cry wolf here because, you know, we're not meeting on, on a mud floor. Uh, there's other people who have it worse. But I, just to illustrate that we're very blessed with people who are willing to serve in this way. And uh, so, because we meet and we have to rent a facility in order to meet weekly, we don't have a midweek Bible, uh, let's say, service, but we break into small uh, Bible studies like Grace does. This is very helpful. We do it kind of like by areas of the city. This is a Bible study. We have three Bible studies. Uh, Ellen teaches one, to give you an idea. Ellen is part of the church. We're very blessed to have her. As you know, she's a, she's a hero, as you know. She's almost going into 40 years serving there. And even when Ellen, uh, I know this is not about Ellen, but I have to mention this. <laughs> Uh, just to uh, remind you of uh, what an example Ellen is. When she traveled, let's say, uh, somewhere to teach a conference, and she comes back, and she won't tell you this probably, but uh, I will. Uh, she comes back, uh, let's say, late Saturday, even one in the morning on Sunday. She's usually on Sunday morning. She does not miss a Sunday morning uh, with us, even even if she's kind of dragging herself to be there. So she's very committed to the local church, and that obviously uh, strengthens the church tremendously to have a lady like Ellen uh, be part of the church. And she teaches Tuesday nights, Wednesday, Tuesday morning, Wednesday night, Thursday morning, uh, plus all her other commitments, plus taking care, of course, of her family of cats and dogs, you know, which is part of her ministry and passion. <laughs> she uses that, as you know, to testify. Uh, in fact, if you see her car, those of you ladies, I don't know if Ellen has told you this story. If you've been to Mexico, uh, I don't know if she did that these years ago. I think she did. But uh, with her car, if you're driving behind Ellen, uh, you see a car that, you know, with those funny picture stickers of someone with cats and dogs. But it has her phone number with her cell phone. And she says, uh, cats and dogs are given away. Call. Something like that, you know. So, if you're interested in a cat or dog, you call the phone in the car, and that's Ellen. And that's how she manages to establish relationships and uh, be able to witness. But, well, I'll let Ellen explain that to you. This is uh, one of three Bible studies on Friday nights. Uh, we go to this one. We're studying Proverbs every Friday night. Uh, that day was very special because it was Independence Day, so it was a big deal. And that's why you see the TV on in the back. Don't think that we're a bunch of carnal Mexican Christians there. <laughs> nice Bible study, a lot of food, and the, you know, the soccer game in the back. No, it's just uh, that they, it, there's a tradition in Mexico, and uh, those of you who know or are Mexicans know that on the night of September the 15th at 11 p.m., the only country in the world, I think, that celebrates the beginning of their independence, not the end. The way traditionally, historically, that took place was that a priest by the name of Miguel Hidalgo called the, the people in the town of uh, there in Dolores Hidalgo to kind of uh, raise in arms against the Spanish uh, conqu uh, the conquerors. And he just started ringing the bell of the church. And so the tradition is the president does this every year in the main square of the city. Uh, he comes out and he yells, Mexicans, uh, Viva Mexico, and everybody goes, Viva, and he rings the bell, so it's a big deal. And so we call that the yell, the grito. <laughs> so that night we did the grito in the Bible study, very patriotic. So it's just a funny thing. 
for those of you who might be interested in those, in us, those of us crazy Mexicans. Uh, this is a seminary. And we meet, uh, at the, like I said, in the building of a church called Remnant Christian Church. This is more in downtown Mexico. And uh, this is a church pastor by the man whom I said that he looked like a rock star. That's Enrique Godoy. He's the father of Isaias Godoy. Remember Isaias and Gabi who are planning to go back to Mexico. And uh, we had a seminar, workshop, preaching workshop to uh, to have... Uh, extended education for graduates, and to recruit more students. And uh, this building, praise the Lord, nothing happened during the earthquakes, and we'll get into that in a minute. But uh, this building is in uh, one of the high-risk areas of the city, because since it's closer to downtown, which for us is excellent, great location, this is the headquarters of the seminary, because it is very easy to get there, uh, via public transportation or if you just walk or drive, etc. It's an excellent location. The downside is that, as you probably know, Mexico City is built part of the city on a lake bed, on the bed of a lake. Remember the Aztecs from your history? Uh, so Mexico is on a, on a lake, on the bed of a lake, what used to be a lake, and therefore that's why when we have an earthquake, it's like we're sitting on jello, as some people have said. So the seismic waves uh, are even stronger. And I was in this building uh, about 15 years ago. I think I had been, we had just gotten to Mexico in 2002. And I think I was in probably within the first four weeks of teaching, my first class there. And there was an earthquake while I was teaching. But uh, you can feel it quite a bit here. But, uh, well, nothing happened, which is the good news here. And uh, here's Antonio, uh, our, our director. And, uh, and then uh, last June we had a historic conference because in commemorating the 500-year uh, anniversary of the Reformation, we had what uh, we affectionately called the Fantastic Four. These are the Fantastic Four of Spanish exposition. These are the best, uh, to our knowledge, uh, the best, uh, the best known uh, expositors in Spanish. Of course, this is, uh, you know, Miguel Nunez. He's been here a couple of times. Dominican Republic he has a wide ministry. Uh, Dr. Evis Carvallosa, probably the best, the the most well-known uh, author, original author in Spanish, uh, in terms of writing books, commentaries. A very faithful man. And uh, this is our dear Alex Montoya, and here our dear Henry Tolopilo. So uh, we, we had a great time. Uh, it was a blessing to have them. And uh, we're planning to repeat this next year. Henry and Alex already confirmed, and uh, Miguel can come, but we'll see how we can replace him. And then uh, over here, this is uh, some of the volunteers there at the conference. And uh, the, the main purpose, we have two purposes when we have a conference this is, again, all hosted by the seminary. One, to uh, feed, to uh, train our men even further in a specific uh, area or topic. And two, to promote the seminary, to recruit more men. And the seminary every year hosts uh, a marriage retreat. And uh, this year, as you can see, this is coming uh, November the 10th through the 12th in about a month. We have Michael Mahoney coming uh, with Madeline, and uh, it's going to be in Querétaro, about an hour and a half north of Mexico City. 
And uh, you can pray for that. We appreciate uh, your prayers. It's always a great time. Uh, people who are related, graduate students and other men, couples who come from the students' uh, churches come to these annual retreats. And uh, in the area of the seminary, let me close by showing you here uh, how uh, the Lord continues to expand in His grace uh, the seminary. Here you have, uh, here we are in the heart of the country, Mexico City. Over there we have, uh, besides the headquarters, that building that you saw, we have one extension in the north, one in the south, and uh, another one in the west of the city. So that's three extensions. Plus, outside of the city, north of the city, we have one in Tepeji del Rio and another one in Toluca. So that's, uh, that's uh, five right there. And then you have uh, over here in Guadalajara, Mexico, we have another extension. And uh, there, Alberto Solano is instrumental. Lord willing, we're working to plug him into that. We're praying that that will become a permanent extension because Guadalajara is the second largest city in the country. And then we have another extension here in the, uh, I think, well, I don't know if you see it, Nogales, right under Tucson. There's another extension. And another one here in the country of El Salvador, which is headed by Jim Dowdy. Some of you might remember Jim and Carolyn Dowdy. So uh, we're very grateful to the Lord for these opportunities and uh, for how he's raised faithful choice graduates who uh, have uh, become part of the faculty. Uh, the board or the main faculty is made up of eight men. And in the last probably four years, we've added seven more adjunct faculty and all of them faithful men. And this might encourage you too. Uh, currently, we have in the faculty three TMS graduates, master seminary graduates. We have one enrolled planning to go back and we have five who are pursuing enrollment. And we continue to pursue opportunities to send men to masters. Some of you might say, well, why? You're not doing your job or what? Why, why do you keep sending men over here? Well, the, the reason is that uh, our choice men, we want them to, have, uh, uh, to enhance their training, to go further even uh, from what we can provide for them. And the academic credentials and all of that are very helpful for the credibility of the seminary. So we're very grateful to the Lord for that. And finally, uh, a couple of issues. Uh, uh, first, the earthquake, to give you an idea of what happened. We had a, an earthquake 7.8.1 uh, here, September 7. The strongest, uh, it was more towards the south of the country in the, in the coast. Oaxaca was severely affected by this one. That was the strongest earthquake in the century for Mexico. We felt it. For us to feel it, that means that it was bad because we live in the north part of the city where is rock. And, uh, so that night, I still remember, uh, the, the, we live in an apartment building for, we're on the, on the bottom floor, first floor, and then there's four floors above us. And then, uh, I just felt, uh, you know, the building rocking and Robin said, well, can you stop moving the bed, please? <laughs> she had never felt an earthquake. For her to say that, that means that she felt it. Uh, so, uh, because, you know, I'm a light sleeper, she's a heavy sleeper, and sometimes I need to take her pulse because I'm not sure if she's still breathing or not. I'm joking. <laughs> but uh, the point is that uh, we felt it. It was, it was strong. That was on the 7th. Not much happened, really, in Mexico City. But this one, 
This took place 32 years on the date of the one in 1985. You probably heard of that one. Uh, I still remember where I was standing that day on 85. And again, of course, I remember where I was standing a few weeks ago. And uh, that was that was the worst. That was the worst. Uh, Robin was in the house, and uh, she just uh, ran out of the back door through the of the, of the building because we have a door that goes out straight into a garden. And I was getting off the car uh, after a meeting, and as soon as, uh, as I stepped down of the car, outside of the car, uh, where the parking lot is under uh, one of the buildings. We live in an apartment complex with three buildings. So uh, we park the car under one of those buildings. So I stepped out of the car, and I started to feel the, the ground like, uh, like it was shaking, like, you know, like electric shocks. So this is very weird. You know, and I'm standing like this, I'm thinking, well... Uh, my feet are tingling, you know. You wonder, what's going on? No, not enough blood is circulating through your feet or what. But then you, you start feeling the swinging. And then so, you know, you have to... Uh, I was able to get out of the building under the, the place, Robin on the other side. So it was pretty intense. And that day it took me uh, to get uh, to the kids. It, it was the whole... Usually, we live 10 miles away from the school where our kids are. And uh, we need to leave at 6, 10 in the morning to drop them off by 7. We're back in the house by 7.45. In the afternoon, we need to leave at 2. We're back by 4. So we're usually driving 4 hours per day easily, which is standard. I mean, we're blessed. We have a car. A lot of people in the city have to do that 2, 4, 6 hours on public transportation. Uh, one of the blessings, of course, one good thing is that uh, you're able to spend quite a bit of time in praying, in prayer, <laughs> listening to sermons, etc. But it can get tiring at times, to be honest, so that I don't come across like very spiritual. You know, you want to get home, uh, your lower back is aching, and you know. But that day, it took us. I left the house at about 1:45, and to since uh, I left the house just to pick up the kids and all the ambulances were going, etc. We, we came back until 6.30 p.m. that day. It was very heavy, the traffic. Praise the Lord, uh, even though uh, there were a lot of people injured, uh, in the church and in the seminary, people that we know of were not affected, so that, that was a, a real blessing. But there was quite a bit of damage that took place, as you can see here, the intensity of the shaking. I took this from the BBC, as you can see. Uh, and uh, this second one, uh, look right here. We're almost in the strongest area. That was uh, that was pretty intense. And uh, and uh, we had uh, uh, the, this. Here's the epicenter, so that you see why it was stronger. This one, the the one we felt. Here's Mexico City. Uh, Enrique Revsamen. That was a drama. That was a school that uh, failed. This is a school. Uh, it uh, killed 20 kids at least, and part of the problem, and you have to know this, I'm sure you, you've seen it in the news, probably a lot of, of course the Lord is in control, but from the human standpoint, probably a lot of deaths and uh, damage could have been avoided if our authorities would not be as corrupt, and they would have enforced building codes, and we as citizens would not be bribing here and there, so to be honest, you know, so... Uh, it was it was really tragic. That's another aerial picture of how several buildings were floored by the earthquake. And uh, and uh, just to give you a kind of like an aerial picture, uh, the blue dots are all the kind of like the 
all the damaged buildings in the city. So that gives you an idea. We live on this part over here. Let's say if you saw the map over here. But again, all this is part of where the uh, the the bed used to, the the lake used to be. So the shaking is is stronger. And again, the uh, the seminary is probably uh, in this area. I mean, it's heavy, but uh, it was not damaged. So we thank the Lord for the you know the building. So uh, again, another picture. Uh, the Lord has through this uh, allowed us to. Uh, seek to help people. There's been several people in the church that they took the initiative to take food and water to uh, places called Centros de Acopio, collection centers. Morelos was hit hard. Uh, the epicenter took place between uh, kind of like the crossroads of Mexico, uh, Mexico City, Morelos, and Puebla, three states. Morelos was ser seriously damaged. These pictures were taken by... One brother in the church, the one who hosts the Friday night Bible study that you saw, Agustin Bernardo is his name, and he loaded a truck with other friends, and they went and took stuff, uh, things to, uh, he took these pictures to help people, because there's a lot of need, uh, a lot of people without a place to, those, there about 400 died between both earthquakes, that's one of the latest stats, uh, uh, 50,000 buildings were floored and 150,000 others were damaged one way or another. In fact, one of our church uh, uh, members had a, uh, his brother and his sister, uh, their apartments were damaged so that they cannot go back to live. One of them was in a hotel, the other one with uh, her mom. So it was pretty bad. You can pray that the Lord... Uh, allows them to hear the gospel. So many people suffering right now because of, la of loss of property, loss of loved ones, that the Lord allows them to hear and uh, come to repentance and find comfort in the Lord. Uh, it's really uh, a very sad time in the country. The president declared three days of uh, national mourning uh, for the people who, who died. In, a, in an encouraging note, this uh, brother is Miguel Alvarez. Uh, he's a 25-year-old. And uh, great brother, the reason why I place his picture is that is because he, he's right there in action helping. He took the initiative with other young people of the church to go help to one of the sites that were damaged. Miguel is a great preacher. He wants to be a missionary. You can pray for him, Miguel Alvarez. Uh, he's 25 again, uh, single. And uh, he, uh, he uh, we just had a class together. He's starting preaching lab. He's about to graduate from the first four years at the seminary in May, uh, next year, June. Great man, Miguel Alvarez. The school where our kids go to also opened a collection center. We were praying for uh, opportunities, and this was wonderful. So our kids went, and uh, we wanted for them to go and serve in any way they could. Robin and I packed a couple of bags, but it was mostly high school students, and uh, Nagarilla helped there. We were bringing water, bottled water, and uh, uh, that day, that's the school. You can see Rodrigo right there. And uh, they were loading this truck to take it to victims in Morelos. This is the school. And uh, we were praying for this, not only obviously to help practically, but to establish relationships with people in the school in order to witness to them. Because our kids are new to this school. It's called the Colombia School, Colegio Colombia. It's not a Christian school. They just started in October. And uh, we're praying for opportunities. And uh, here are 
our girls uh, uh, packing the bag, packing a bag there. And uh, here's a family about a month ago in a, in a wedding. But uh, what I wanted to tell you, just to wrap up briefly, and then if you have any questions, uh, you can uh, let me know. Uh, Rodrigo and Olivia, they've been in this school, like I said, since mid-August uh, with this, for this new school year. And uh, just to something encouraging, we've been praying for opportunities. And the Lord in the last few weeks, Rodrigo, has a, 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 a student, a fellow student, uh, and he just met, he's part of his, of his class, a classmate. His name is Hoka, and he's a Jewish proselyte. He comes from a, a family of Jewish proselytes. So Rodrigo took, uh, we have an old iPad that he's using for school, and we forgot to erase uh, one of those uh, notifications. And the day he took the iPad, and Hoka, his friend, was right next to him, comes up a reminder that I wrote years ago. My maternal, my paternal grandmother, my dad's mother, went to be with the Lord, I don't know, several years now. So I wrote, anniversary of Abuelita Conchita. Uh, anniversary of, of, of her death or something like that. So Hoka looks at this, Rodrigo's classmate, and he tells Rodrigo, what is that? And Rodrigo says, well, you know, that's a reminder that my great-grandma died uh, several years ago. So Hoka asks Rodrigo, so are you going to have a mass? And uh, Rodrigo says, no, we don't have masses. And so he tells him, why? Well, we're Christians. Well, what does that mean? Well, we believe that you are saved through Christ by grace, by faith, not by works. And that's the only way you can uh, be saved from hell. And my great-grandmother is in heaven. So he stops, he starts to think, Hoka, and he asks Rodrigo, so you mean that I'm going to hell? And Rodrigo tells him, yeah. <laughs> so he told us and we got a kick out of that we thought that was very funny so you can pray and, and I told Rodrigo so what did Hoka say? no nothing that he's pretty open minded he didn't continue ok well, well we'll just keep praying and uh, so that was a funny one and another one uh, that illustrates again with Olivia she uh, you might think this is funny too because of who the teacher is she has a, an English literature class in this school her, her teacher is a graduate from UCLA, and uh, but she's a atheist feminist, hardcore, and she told the class. I mean, they're in ninth grade, so the first or second day of class, she tells them, "Okay, class, about fifteen, twenty kids. Okay, class, I want you to tell me who has impacted your life, and uh, how is uh, your." I can't remember the word. How is your uh, ambience or your atmosphere, the atmosphere that surrounds you, how has it affected the way you think? I'll start. I'm a feminist atheist. Okay, so they go, you know, one after another. And they get to Olivia. And Olivia goes, well, I'm a Christian, and I don't care about how the people around me affect me. I care about what God says in His Word. <laughs> so we were grateful to the Lord. The teacher hasn't been hostile at this point. But uh, so we were encouraged to see that stand because it was like the you know first week of classes. So you know I don't want to paint our kids like they're the you know the uh, super missionaries at 14 and 15. You know they have their issues. You can pray for them, but that's our desire. You know we 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 long for for them to be equipped to serve the Lord. Primarily our goal to have them in this school is that they're equipped so that they can come ideally to masters. You can pray for that. 
as you remember, and that they also, like already the Lord in His grace has allotted, they can be a testimony to others, to other families who don't know the Lord, and we can establish relationships in this non-Christian school so that uh, we can uh, preach the gospel, and the Lord might save many. And uh, this uh, illustrates something that Alex wanted me to talk uh, to you about, and I'm almost done, so don't fear. Uh, yeah, this is uh, the, the fear of uh, the Mexican. He's almost done. He's been almost done in the last ten months. Ten, uh, ten, uh, ten minutes ago, he said he was almost done. But uh, just to illustrate, evangelism in Mexico, uh, because it's a, such a it's a culture that is so focused on relationships. Relationships are key, and it's just an illustration with our ki- kids that how this has happened, and also because. Uh, because of the Catholic background in Mexico, if you're not Catholic, you are part of a cult. So uh, uh, that's how people usually see you. And the other thing is that uh, uh, you have to just, uh, because there's so much crime in Mexico, you have, you're always wary of strangers. And you know, uh, you see in the news sometimes, uh, that there's this drug lord who used to live in a nice area, and etc., and no one had a clue. So whenever you're kind to a stranger, people are like, well, what does, why is this guy kind to me? What does he want? Why is he trying to get? So it takes time. People are suspicious of each other. So just, uh, I think, again, this is an opinion, of course, that through relationships and prayer and, uh, you know, building a platform of credibility, uh, you know, the Lord might open opportunities and we're praying that He will continue to do so. So, if you have any questions, thank you for your patience or complaints or disagreements. That's okay. Ladies, it's okay. We understand. <laughs> this one, not, go ahead. Both. Yeah, there's nominal, you know, traditional, who just show up for Christmas or kind of, you know, Resurrection Sunday. And there are others who are devout. Yeah. Yeah, just like here, exactly, even in Christian circles. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. Oh, you were saying goodbye, sorry. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> no, I'm joking, don't feel bad. She was, she was saying goodbye to you. Not, go ahead, man. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> Good to see you. <laughs> Any? I'm sorry. Ah, yeah. She. Uh, well, she. She used to attend uh, every other week. They have a, a women's Bible study on Tuesday. She used to be very involved, but she uh, stopped attending as of uh, this August because with the switch to this new school. And as you heard, it takes a lot of uh, time to to drive. And the stage of our kids, we're really, you know, we're right now the helicopter parent or the monkey parent, actually, probably just on their back, you know. You know, trying to be wise, but you know what I mean. More than helicopter, you know, we're the drone parent or whatever. Uh, we're just, uh, you know, heavily, heavily involved in their lives. And so we decided it was best for her to cut back right now. And uh, with that Bible study, but she continues to be very involved, uh, uh, counseling or meeting with a woman who wants to meet with her, 
uh, we're together on the Friday night Bible study as a family. Every uh, Sunday, the, uh, they are in a Bible study at 8 a.m., then at 9 the service, then at uh, 11 the kids, we plug them in serving in different ministries. She serves in the nursery at 11, I mean at the at the uh, second service at noon, because at 11 there's other Bible studies. So she's involved, and with the ladies at the nursery, she has good opportunities to establish relationships and, and uh, serve them and be encouraged. Thank you. Yeah. I know we probably have more questions for Louise, so please feel free to come up afterwards. But let me just close this in prayer, so if anyone needs to go ahead and head out, we can um, do that. But let's pray now for Luis and his family. Dear Heavenly Father, it is certainly a joy, Father, to hear how you are using Luis and Robin and the kids in Mexico City, Father. What a joy to know how you have blessed that ministry, the ministry of their church, as well as the ministry of the seminary. And Father, how that word goes out and spreads as one man after another comes to get trained and then goes out to another place and then is continuing to preach your word, God, and it just extends. And we're so grateful for all these extension campuses that are opening up and for the opportunities that continue because, Father, your word does not return void, and we are so grateful for the faithful men that you have risen up, Father, to attend to these ministries, and we pray that you would continue to do so. Father, we also pray for... Um, Luis's church, God, that you would help them to be a beacon of light in this city. Lord, especially now in light of the earthquake, we just echo Luis's words that you would bring these people, Father, to their knees, that they would be humbled to recognize that life is short, Father, and they have a Savior that is waiting for them, but they have a holy judge, Lord, and they need to be right with him. Father, we pray that you would draw them to yourself during this time, and please be with Luisa's church as well as the seminary families, that they can speak truth graciously and very clearly during this time. Father, we also want to pray for the upcoming marriage conference. We're so thankful for that ministry that they have to reach out to not only their church but also families of other churches. Lord, may this time be an incredible blessing to these husbands and wives that they would um, just learn to desire humility before you and before their spouse, that their marriage can be a testimony of your love to the lost and dying world. Father, we pray for Pastor Mahoney as he prepares to teach there, Lord, that you would give him great grace in that. We also want to pray for Miguel Alvarez and other men just like him in the seminary. We thank you for their faithfulness. We pray that you would rise up a young lady to come alongside Miguel, that you would prepare him for ministry, and if it be missions in another country, Lord, whatever you are preparing these men for, Lord, we ask that you would give them the grace to live for you each day, to be above reproach and to desire um, fellowship with their Savior, even above all else, Lord, and that you would use them mightily to preach your word. Lord, we thank you for the children and how you are growing them in their knowledge of the word and their love for Christ. We pray that you would continue to do that. We pray that you continue to use them in the lives of their friends at school and the relationships that they're building with other families. And we pray for Hoka. Lord, that he would even take those words that um, Rodrigo was able to share with him and that he would not be settled, Lord, until he continues to pursue, Father, his life and where he is going. And I pray that you might even use Rodrigo in that process, Lord. We ask that you would save Hoka and even his family, Lord. And, Father, we just continue to pray that you would grow their family in the wisdom and admonition of the Lord. Father, keep them safe and continue to use them greatly. In your son's name, amen.